Hey, 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 it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast, a platform that allows the voices of the beauty industry to empower with the spoken word. Thank you for joining us on today's show. Now with over 100 plus episodes and currently over 60,000, thanks to you and on over 40 plus podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Audible, and Spotify. Our next guest is the creator and owner of the of your beauty business academy, mindset coaching, and online courses for solo beauty professionals, as well as those who have a desire to launch their own business. While working behind the chair for over 20 years has brought many different opportunities to grow and work in the industry, she always had a dream of guiding and empowering other beauty professionals to create more choice, freedom, and success in their businesses as well in their lives. So let's welcome today's guest, Carly Ann Moore, to the show. So I'll just bring her on. <laughs> so welcome, Carly Ann. So would you prefer Carly or Carly Ann? We can, you can just use Carly today. That's okay. Right. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. So um, I want to say welcome to Hairstyles Empowerment Podcast. Please introduce yourself and give our audience a little bit about your background. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Carly Moore. I'm cutting the Ann out today. Um, <laughs> I have been in this industry for over 20 years. Wow. Isn't it wild when you really mm -hmm. stop? Like over half my my life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so working behind the chair, I've done travel stuff, like mobile services. Uh, I taught color for a while, um, worked for other people, worked for myself. And today, I guess now, I, I help coach other beauty industry professionals into entrepreneurship and just creating like really sustainable businesses that, that feel good, that bring you success and not success just in wealth, right? But in, in all the areas. Um, yeah, I'm so grateful that I, that, that I get to do what I do. Yeah, sustainability is such a big thing. And today we're going to take a deep dive into relationship building, which I think is a huge thing. And I think it's one of the big keys of that's really going to add to sustainability and also customer care because yes. everybody wants the customer care or everybody wants the customers, but do they really care for those customers and create those relationships that will bring them back? So can you share a little bit about your journey in the industry and what led you to become a coach focusing on customer service relationships and going above and beyond? Yeah. Um, Wow, this is a loaded question. I love it. Um, I agree with you. Customer relationships are just building those deep, um, deep connections with people is like the key to sustainability, right? So looking back through my career, what, it's a little bit embarrassing to say, remember when you first began, and maybe you don't, maybe you always were just, you know, aware of yourself. I was not at mm -hmm. 19. And I remember those first few years um, a wondering why I didn't have a lot of people coming back. Um, mm -hmm. B wondering why it was just hard. Like it was more mentally hard. I feel like being behind the chair at the beginning than it was physically. And, uh, looking back now, I think it's because I made it about me and I was constantly trying to fill that silence and fill that gap. And, and I didn't have the self-awareness enough to, 
to care for my customers. I was just doing the physical do and not fostering any sort of, of relationship. We're going to say the word relationship yeah. 98,000 times today. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was just a lot. It was constantly trying to get new people in the chair. Um, and then that, I don't know if it was just a natural progression or if it was a day where I realized like, wow, I, I don't have skills to build relationships with people. And I do believe that's a, a skill set. was never taught that. And from that day, I dug in, like into just like timeless books, timeless knowledge of how to build real relationships with people and just foster like trust and likability and how to make other people feel good. And from that day on, I don't want to say business was easy. It simplified everything. Mm-hmm. And it created that sustainability and those clients that come back time and time and, and the clients that refer people to you and, you know, people would leave your space and you'd be more full of energy than you were before they came in. It was just like, it was like this, these two opposite worlds. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that, that that is the key in creating any sort of business that is sustainable and that feels really good. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Of course. I mean, one, one point that you did hit on is technical skill. And that's what schools teach you. They teach you technical skill. When you get out of school, you know, technical skill. What do you do for your clients? Technical skill. So <laughs> many people in the industry focus on technical skills, but you emphasize the importance of soft skills like customer service, building relationships. Why do you believe these skills are crucial for a sustainable and thriving business? Yeah, I think those are the skills that that make people want to be in your space and want to come back to you um, and want to refer their friends. Like when, you know, when you get to the point where it's like you have a sales force for free just from mm -hmm. word of mouth advertising, uh, that's such a beautiful spot to be in. It relieves so much stress and anxiety and worry and things just flow. And it's, I guess, isn't that the key just to all of all of the areas of life is creating those really deep, meaningful relationships with people. Uh, it's like, it's a beautiful, a beautiful skill to, to master. And I think yeah. we're continuously mastering it. Yeah. Of course we have to, because um, I, I think over the years, especially because you've been in like myself a few decades or a couple of decades in the business, you have to constantly change because what you learned in school 20 years ago may not be relevant now. Yes, yes, everybody does a blunt, everybody does a long layer, everybody does a uniform, and you do that. But now the haircuts now have all different names. Now there's a butterfly cut and a wolf cut and this cut and that cut. It all starts with the same principles. But I think that's where kind of the soft skills come in. And I, I know a lot of people, they know what technical skill means, but they don't really know the side of soft skills. Yeah. Like what are soft skills kind of really mean and what they are and stuff like that. So if we're going to go back to the beginning again, so reflecting on the beginning of your career, can you share a specific story or experience that made you realize the significance of personal development and the impact it has on attracting the right clients? Oh, this is an embarrassing one to share. Yes. So they, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to say there was a week, an entire week where I sat in my salon chair and I was an employee mm -hmm. at a salon and I'd actually moved over to the salon as I had been promised. Um, there's more walk-ins here, more people. We will fill your books, right? You know, like that promise mm -hmm. of we will make everything perfect for you and you just have to show up. Mm -hmm. So that was the case. And I read 
the entire series of Twilight. Like remember the Twilight novels? Wow. Twilight, my age. Yeah. In my salon chair, yeah. angry at the world, blaming the owners, blaming my friends for not coming in when they said they would, just blaming mm-hmm. everybody else because I wasn't busy and I wasn't bringing money home. And and I it, looking at all these, I'm going to say seasoned stylists, mm-hmm. but like women and men who had been in it for a while with beautiful client bases and being angry at them, which mm-hmm. now is so like, it, I was like, oh, I was young. Um mm-hmm. And there was, yeah, there was like this moment of how, how did they have that, right? Like, how did they grow that? Because I thought I, I'm just as skilled with my scissors and with color than they are. Like, they're not busting out anything more beautiful than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of swallowing your pride. You know what I mean? Like, ego aside, yeah. all right, Carly, there's things you don't know. And that was the moment when I realized it's, relationships like don't you agree that we have this beautiful opportunity sorry i'm going off on a tangent now brad but that's okay it's okay it's a real raw we're ready anything goes love it (laughs) we get to be with a client let's say in their teenage years and we do their hair for prom and graduation we're at their weddings we see them have children we do their children's hair and then we're at their funerals Mm -hmm. and like it's just we as hairstylists have that oh, that beautiful opportunity to create lifelong friendships with people mm-hmm. and be able to, to oops, I'm sorry, my mm-hmm. be able to support them through all of their things. And that was the key. I was missing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of them, because for a lot of young stylists, I'm not saying every stylist or even seasoned stylists, sometimes they see somebody who's busy all the time and they're like, I can do so much better work than them. I'm like, you know, and that's, and it's to say like, because salons too, they do offer these sometimes empty promises. They bring you in and they say, we're busy salon, seek stylist. You're going to be so busy. And then, like you say, you're sitting there reading. And, and it's not uncommon because I've done it, <laughs> not, in my, not in my own business, but I like in my own business, I encouraged. So when I had my business, I actually gave everybody um, the book, Think and Grow Rich. Oh. So, when, so when we weren't we when we weren't busy, then everybody could, as I say, they had that. That was one of the starting principles that I had when we weren't busy. I would put on zig ziglar or so for them to when we weren't busy so rather than just okay everybody clean i'm enriching them and you know because obviously too a lot of owners want to keep their stylus as long as they can but i think what it is for an owner you should nourish and enrich and allow your stylus to grow so they can one day fly on their own so i know you had a thought when i was saying Think and Grow Rich. So we'll go back there. (laughs) Um, Because Think and Grow Rich is on my desk every day I study it. It's um, actually one of the salon owners that I worked for gave me that book. And I was in my early 20s and I put it on a shelf somewhere. And I was like, this is stupid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now it is like my Bible. It is here on my desk beside the power of awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, Because isn't that just everything, right? Like that book is timeless. And Mm -hmm. it's not just how to get rich. It is about how to grow as a human. It is about how to build relationships with people. It's just, it's everything. And I love 
Oh, I wish I would have worked for you back in the day, Brad. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I coach and I mentor and, and, but the thing is the, with that too, I think, and, and because leaders are readers. So basically the more you read, the more you get to know. And these are things that are the principles of what they don't really teach you. And unfortunately, I think a lot of schools build the student up. So when they actually get in the real world, like they're a, they're a rock star at school, but once they get out behind the floor on a real salon, it's, it's like being in grade eight and now you're going to oh, high, school high school in grade nine. So yeah. grade eight, you're like the BMOC, the big man on campus. And then grade nine, you're like now at the bottom of the, <laughs> you know, exactly. the, the, the status pool. But it's the same if you don't kind of, I was lucky enough to work with I worked with the world champion at the time for two years with my license under Sassoon's system. So, and I even offered to work for free just because I knew the value of the education I would receive. They refused me and said, no, we're going to pay you. So I said, okay, <laughs> but, but I was, but I was willing to go in and see if that would work for me, even when I was applying at salons, because some will apply at salons. And what they'll do is they'll put their resume everywhere and whoever hires them first, that's where they go. They don't even check out, is this the right place for me? What kind of education do they offer? For me, I would offer to, to work a day or a half day with them to see what they were like. And I would do that when I hired people as well or before hiring people as well. Have them come in, see if you're a fit with our team, see, see if our team likes you. Yeah. Because that, because every time you get a new person, add a new person, minus a new person, your dynamic changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, yeah, I'll probably I'll be going off on all kinds of tangents. I love because, it. It's great. Because when stuff comes, it just, it's just there. But in your opinion, what are some misconceptions or gaps in education within the industry that prevent for professionals from learning about the importance of customer service and relationship building skills? This is one where I'm like, how much do I have to filter here? Because I can get <laughs> this. Um, I think that beauty school. If we're if we're just talking about beauty school, or are we talking about the? Entire... It's in, in general. However, you oh. want to take it. Okay. Like it's, because uh, for me, it's about empowerment. It's about whoever's listening can get as much gold as they can get. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that in school you learn the things that they want you to learn. If we're talking beauty school, you learn the skills to go out and do your basic services. Um, but I, I don't think, and just from my experience and in chatting like with my clients and people who I meet, there's not really a whole lot of, there's no self-reflection, no growth in that way. And I think that that is the key to everything. Like mindset, mindset is everything, right? Like who else but but you is out there behind the chair who else but you is out there making the money who else but you is out there trying to attract clients and build those relationships and it, it all starts in our head so there's none of that I wasn't taught any sort of business skills so how to capitalize on let's say entrepreneurship right like yeah you can make as much money as you want but you can also save money there's tax things um there was no like real life I learn a lot from stories and people's experiences. And I don't really remember a whole lot of that in beauty school as well. I do remember that a woman came in and she was a wig maker. Mm. And out of the nine months of school, that's the only thing I remember is her journey from how she got into making wigs. And that really stuck with me. Yeah. 
I think I learned more in a salon the first week than I did the entire nine months at school. What about you? What's your opinion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have. I mean, as you say, in school, like just in general, clients have incredible stories. And, and you're right. We don't have anything about reflection. We don't have anything about checking in. Like for me at school, our my business training was location, location, location. Yep. If you pick a good location, you'll be busy. And then we learned something about electricity. You know what I mean? So I think it's a voltage. So you don't over, over like, but that was the extent of, but there was never of how to break your clients down. What category are they in? Um, yes. As opposed to, because some people are visual, some people are learning, you know, because you want to be able to relate to your client the best way possible. And if you don't know what their language is, so to speak, and I don't mean love language, but what their language is to interact you're not really going to service them well. Like if somebody wants to come in and they're just like, they want to sit, they look at their paper, you do your thing. That's fine. Other people, they keep moving their head. They're like checking everything. You're combing the part this way because you're cutting that way and they're moving it. It's like, no, this is what I need to do. Right. Yeah. There's every type of different client. But I think too, with our school systems, we need more of that. We don't really have, I let's say after I did a lot of learning after not yes. during school, but after as far as dealing with clients, because yes. sure, when clients come, they're only paying the minimum five, six dollars, nine, ten dollars, whatever, fifteen dollars, whatever it is for the services. So a lot of your clients are older, they're kids, um, but you don't really get the general um, people kind skills. of people skills with them because they're not going to be the majority of people that are always in the kind of salon you're going to go into unless you work at a, a melon heads or some type of children's shop or if you work in somewhere that does a lot of seniors if you want to go in a home a home long-term care things yeah. like that then you'll do a lot of those clients but to to know what all the trends are and to be part of them and to be able to relate to them yeah. and i think that's another thing while stylists get um imposter syndrome they get i don't say depression but they get a lot of mental or or uh like it's say they, they just get overwhelmed yep. because school teaches you to be a rock star because you're doing all these kids and all these older adults. And of course they love it. All you're doing is a roller set and combing it out <laughs> yeah. right in a perm every couple months. Yeah. So they, Oh, you're great. You're this, you're the best. Um, you know, and just saying, I think too, in the business, I think for females, it's more challenging because I think the industry has more females in it. So with me being a guy, I was the only guy at school. I was mostly the only guy in the shop. So when you said, as far as building a clientele, if there's five women and one guy, people are probably going to choose the one guy. Yeah, totally. Right. Like so, that's what, sorry, made, made you oh, go ahead. stand out, right? You were, yeah. And, and that's exactly it. And, and, and because a lot of the leading, you know, and, and that's the way I did it in school. I graduated school two and a half months early in the class ahead of mine. Of but what I did, I was smart because I got out there. I did the shampoos and did because in school, what you do, if you're new, you shampoo for the class ahead of you and like stuff like that. So then I used to shampoo. But then the clients would say, do you know how to do this? So, of course. So in our school, if they requested you, then the teachers would allow you to be on the floor. So that's how I got on the floor early. I yeah. love that you... Sorry, I'm like sidetracking here. But when you yeah. said as you're shampooing somebody mm -hmm. and then they request you, I think that is a brilliant thing for new um, new stylists to know. 
every time you can shampoo somebody for someone else in your salon, every time you can give it a hand massage, every time you can greet someone at a door, Mm -hmm. just have conversations with people. Yes, that's going to build your skills in communicating with people, um, but it's also those people will remember you. So if there is a day when their stylist of however many years is not doing hair anymore, mm-hmm. you're the person they're going to want to see and they're going to want to come to. Um, do you remember your very first client at school? I don't know if I remember the first one. I remember some, uh, I remember certain people that stood out. Okay. And I think, and that might've been one of my first clients who I was with the whole time. Cause it's always sad for the clients in school too. When you go, if they really like you, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and, and it's funny because when I, when I left school, this client, obviously she's long past now, I would believe because <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> exactly. Um, but when on my last day, she gave me a, a pair of dark sunglasses <gasps> and a jackknife. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> So the thing was, I'm like, what does it mean? If I, am I supposed to like rob somebody? But the thing is, it was a little knife. I don't even know if I have it still, but it was her son's. Oh. And because it was something that meant something to her, she gave it to me. So it was like blue marble. It was oh. like, you know what I mean? So it was really nice. And some like aviator glasses, something like that. Oh. But it was kind of nice. But those sort of things had more meaning than really anything else. And to say, I really had relationships with those people and there were people like oh how come he's graduating so i did the work i stayed the extra evenings that we had to to put in the time i stayed on the saturdays i got myself out there i was lucky enough that my school wasn't separated in the way that some schools will only teach you hair and that's all they teach you my hair my school was full hair and aesthetics and massage so i actually got all the training for that so I did facials I did waxing I did nails I did so which was great learning for me um, because then it allowed me to do more things because as soon as the clients know you can do something then of course the 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 school isn't going to say no because it's income for them and it's experience for yourself sort of thing I can't Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, the things you say, I get, I have like a million ideas in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't forget to say this. I love that you had a client in hair school. So like you're fresh and mm-hmm. that woman gave you something that meant a lot to her. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful, um, like you, uh, you must have known how to build relationships and make people feel special even then. I think that's beautiful. Whereas I find nowadays, have you been noticing this trend or this belief that Mm -hmm. if you want to build your business, all you have to do is post pretty pictures online. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people think. It's the same with advertising. I mean, back in the day, it was like yellow pages. You put your, (laughs) your, you put your ads in, but all the ads were the same. I do haircutting, coloring, blah, blah, blah. It didn't really make you stand out. It didn't really make you different than anyone else. Because if I have a shop, your shop is two doors down and we both do the same things. Why would they go to one of us and not the other? Because really now you have to be a specialist in something and do it well and even better than well and show that work. There's so much stuff online, which is unfortunate, that's filtered. So a lot of the work that gets put online is tweak because if you know there's somebody does a fade and there's like no lines at all it's been 
no, even people filter their own pictures or they filter the color. So somebody comes in and says, I want, maybe they show like black back roots and then platinum hair. You know, if you do that, some of that's going to bleed when you rinse it, right? Unless you're, so they're wigs, either they're wigs or they're filtered or to me, be more real with your clients. People want to see real people. Yes, the models and the visuals are great, but they don't really reflect what you do. Yes. Like the work that I do, I work, I do vintage. And if you saw my, that's my work, right? So the thing is, but, but to be at that caliber, you can't, it, it's a different too. And it's not stuff you're really going to do for your clients. I do a lot for stage, for film, for video work. But as I say, as everyday clients, I mean, some of them might, if they're going to like a murder mystery party, I've done it for that, or they're doing like cool. some kind of New Year's thing or whatever, and they want something different. Because when you're learning pin curls, skip waves, um, you know, like finger waves, all that kind of stuff in school, you think, when am I ever going to use this? So I made sure that when I learned it, I used it. Yeah. And obviously, I still use it. But then I learned how to modify it so I could do it more quick quickly for stage because not everybody has a chance to gel the hair down, sit under a dryer for 45 minutes or an hour. When you're working on actors, they don't have the time, right? You have to get it done quickly. You have to do it. It's something I, you know, te teach as well. We better both watch because we'll go on 10. We'll have this whole conversation. <laughs> and, and yes, the audience is listening today. We're talking, you know, obviously about customer care and building relationships. So if you're just joining us, um, Car Carly is one of those amazing people that has so much uh, information, so much passion, so much soul for the industry, because to last this long in an industry, because I know when, when some of the people that I went to school with, they didn't even last a year. And, no. and it, it, it takes a lot. And I made a post on my wall and, and it has an arrow going up and says, this person has the heart of a hair hairdresser. So I made, so I made a lot, I make a lot of social for the industry to build it up. And that's kind of how I give it back to say, this is what hairdressing is. And, and people don't see themselves as a magician, see themselves as somebody who empowers, see somebody who builds self-esteem, confidence. Like you said, we go through the lifestyle life cycle of people from being a young kid to going to high school to their first love to getting married to having their own kids yeah. to getting older now they're a grandparent now they've passed on and you're doing the hair for which i've done i've done wigs yeah. for clients who have passed on for yeah. their funeral right so and you have to have that relationship yes it's still a business and you are um as i say like because yeah. and a lot of people have this conversation about being a guest and being a client. I always believe that they are a client because it's your responsibility to provide excellent service as a provider. So it's still a business. Like if you invite a friend in or a guest, do they pay for your service? Do they, you know what I mean? Are you going to say when they say, Oh, I don't have the money this time, Ralph, is that okay? Oh, sure. No problem. If every client was doing that. So obviously it's a business because you need to survive, but we're going to talk something about that you sent me. And so you mentioned about attracting crazy clients early <laughs> in your career. So yeah. how did those experience shape your understanding of the client professional relation, client professional relationship? And what lessons did you learn from those encounters? <laughs> wow. Um, I learned a lot about standards. 
Mm -hmm. uh, which was something that, you know, even then I don't think I quite realized that was my lesson in it. But mm -hmm. as I grow, I know, um, I never really thought, thought about standards, but standards for myself and the people that are allowed in my space, um, standards for how I am treated and respected, right? Um, I used to think that I had to do everybody's hair. So like, I'm going to use the word crazy as well. And I'm sorry mm -hmm. if that offends people, but a crazy person would walk in off the street. I worked mm -hmm. downtown. There was many. Mm -hmm. And I just assumed, oh, this is my job and I have to do this. Mm -hmm. But I think then I was living in a very lack mindset. So there's a million hairdressers around. They have these clients. They've got those clients. They've got those. So I got to take whatever I can. Mm -hmm. And I would just do those people where as I grew, my beliefs changed and my mindset changed around it, which was why I think mindset and that growth is so important mm -hmm. because you realize that, no, I, my standards are up here now mm -hmm. and I'm deserving of this. And these are my boundaries for what I will and will not um, spend my days doing and feeling. And there's a million people out there with hair, right? Well, most of them have hair. Yeah. Um, but I, I get to decide who my ideal clients are. And I think that's just kind of changing it into that, that mindset of abundance and that mm -hmm. things are unlimited. Um, I think one of the things I realized too was when I really made it, it, when I was intentional about how I made people feel in my space. And I think that's mm. a beautiful thing that we get to do is, you know, we always have the clients that, that rush in and, and they're running late and the kid this and there was a fight with this and blah, blah, and traffic and all the things. Mm -hmm. And they're so wound. And we have that beautiful moment to just like breathe and touch them and calm them and then make that moment about them and being like, no, I'm going to make this person feel better in my space than they do before and after they meet me. Mm -hmm. And then I flipped that mirror around and was like, well, what the heck, Carly? Why do you, why do you not think you're deserving of that yourself? And I think that was my, my mindset shift in um, not just doing anyone and everyone who wants their hair done and being very picky about who I let in my space, if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly it because your tribe is your vibe. So your vibe is your tribe. So basically, if you're not attracting the people that are, who are you? Because you want to service them with 100% of your skills. Yeah. And as a, amazing as the industry is, as hairstylists are, we can't service every single person because maybe they're not, maybe some person goes to me, explains it one way, they go to Carly, they say it the same way, but then you get, you go to five different stylists, you're going to get five different outcomes because everybody filters what they hear, that kind of stuff. But you also want to, too, build a clientele. And unfortunately, this is what happens in a lot of salons. If you're new, just out of school, you have to take whoever they give you, or that's what you believe, right? Because if you say no, that owner is going to say, well, we'll get somebody who can. And there's yeah. enough hairstylists to replace you. Um, but yeah, you get people that are going to enrich you. You're going to get people that you can do transformations for. But you're also going to get people that aren't going to stress you out. They aren't going to, um, like, as I say, like every last minute and a lot of clients now, you know, you can be there for them. You come in early, you stay late, you do all this stuff, come in your day off, work on your birthday. But as soon as you can't do it once, they don't come back because, and, and two, you want people that really appreciate you for what you do. Um, and as I say, I have a series on my wall where you can go on to, um, 
we'll talk about uh, say IG later, but Instagram. So I'm putting these posts out, but they're about the high hairstylist profession, but you really want to, and it's been great because I've seen these posts go everywhere. They don't necessarily share. I think a lot of stealing has been going on. And a lot of them, stealing. And then I steal my post everywhere. But then they're getting like 97 shares, 200 likes. And like, to me, that's great because then now people are seeing that so they can really understand what the business is like or what hairstylists are like or get appreciation for the hairstylist, but also empowers the hairstylist to say, we're not just people who stand behind the chair, who cut hair, who color hair, who couldn't get a real job. So that's why we're here because it takes no skill and it's very easy training. We have one of the most in-depth trainings as far as um, uh, cleansing, hygiene, um, sanitation, disinfection, uh, like disease. Like people don't even know that, you know what I mean? So it's, there's, there's so much there that, that comes out, but as I say, um, but when you're attracting the people that you want, make sure that the are people that, um, as I say, yeah, have a deep appreciation for what you do and not everything you do is going to be wonderful because we're human, but yeah. at least they're going to appreciate that. If you stay late for them, they're going to appreciate that. If you come early, they're going to know that this person cares about me enough to do that, um, that you're creating. And that's also part of the relationship as well. It's a give and take. So maybe if you're behind one time and you have the receptionist call, say, sorry, Carly's running 30 minutes behind, an hour behind. Would you mind coming a little bit later? So that's respectful to them. Respect. Yes, you'd love to be on time, but you're also saying, I don't want to waste your time by having you come on time and then you're waiting for an hour for me or I, I'm going to get the assistant to do everything for you. Um, so there's a lot of those interactions um, and a lot of uh, the so I just did a 12 week series on changing the hairstylist from the inside out. So we did a 12 part series with a plus bonus on networking. So and that really tells you how to really connect, how to go deep, how to change yourself. And that's part of it is attracting the right people for your business. And because a lot of people say it's the clients that set the rules. No, it's you that sets the rules. It's like, these are my prices. And stop asking in groups, what's your price for this? Oh, I can't. The thing, yeah. because everybody is different. And you know, as, as coaching, it depends on your skill level. It depends, it depends on the town you're in. It depends on what your costs are. It depends on what your product costs are, what your overall overhead costs are. So you can't just say, I charge for this much and I'm this. You know what I mean? And then so, like I'm a celebrity stylist who competed for eight years, did lots of television work, worked on celebrity. And then you get somebody who's out of school. You can't expect our prices are going to be the same. You know what I mean? And just because down, you know, or if somebody does a brow wax down the street for five bucks and you charge more than that, don't give in and say, oh, well, they charge five. I'll just do it for five. You're demeaning uh, yourself. I always say, and another thing too, and seeing this is a thing when I, I love the thing, <laughs> but, but the whole point is never discount yourself. If you open up a new business, never discount to get people in. What you're telling them from the beginning is I'm not worth it. So if you're saying haircut special, $25, and the next time they come in is $75, you're going to be like, hey, I only paid 25 the last time. Yeah, so you're creating that value. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah and they're going to go somewhere else and look for another discount. Those aren't yeah. going to be all Brad. No, those this are conversation your... I have. So <laughs> with so many people, yeah. um, I am cutting you off, but I really just wanted to point out, cause I think it's beautiful. You were talking about your social media posts and mm -hmm. people steal them and post them mm -hmm. everywhere. How 
cool is it that be social media, you now have this platform where you inspire, like, do you ever think about how many people you actually impact and inspire just Mm -hmm. from one post from the heart that Mm -hmm. all these other people share? I think it's beautiful. And it's like, we do that with our clients, belly to belly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we, we get to do that uh, on such a big scale now. And sorry, I just had to point that out because I oh, do. Yeah. I see your things everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you should always you should always post with intention. You should always book with intention. So when somebody comes in to book with you, don't make money your priority. Oh, I need the money from this person because anybody that comes in five minutes before you close that needs that service, it always ends up most times not working out. <laughs> I'll just say that. But but book with intention. And if that means you lose that person because you close in five minutes, it says on your door, we close in five minutes. Yeah. So, you know, have them come in when you have the time. Don't feel rushed. Don't feel it's it's not on you that somebody didn't make the time properly to schedule. Yeah. Say, I'd love to service you properly, but in order to do that, I would need you to come. And this would morning or afternoon work for you. Or would this day or this day work for you? Don't, because people always say, and this is one other thing too, what do you have? Well, I have Monday at 9, 9.15, 9.45, 9.30. Are you going to go through your whole entire list? No, pick two days, one or the other, and then morning or afternoon. After that, then you choose, you know, then this is where you go. Not, I have this open, this open, this open, this, it's going to sound like nobody comes to you, you know, because you have all this free, I'm just free and I'm waiting for you because clients now think, that we're just like a drive-through where if they call, you're just going to take them like that. No, I have value. I have boundaries. And this is when, you know, I can see you, but you're also, when they come to you, you're going to, your, your focus a hundred percent on them. You're not going to be distracted by yes. anything else. Like all Put your phone stuff. away when your mm-hmm. client is there, that one kills yeah. me. Don't have your cell phone talking to other people. While you're doing a client. That's a big, no, no, but I want to ask you what specific skill sets um, did you incorporate to enhance your ability to build relationships, not just in business, but in all aspects of your life? Um, service. So coming at things, this was I, maybe the biggest one for me. Ooh, self-image. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, there's so many. Um, I think that coming at things with the mindset of like, how can I serve? How can I support? really changed a lot for me because, you know, we all have those weeks that are crazy busy or like around the holiday season, you know, and mm-hmm. you're like, I'm just burnt out. I'm giving and giving and giving. It's about everybody else all day long. And you're just trying to power through. But I think if you can flip that into how can I be fully present here and serve and support this person? Like, what do they need? Service mm-hmm. as opposed to like getting, does that make sense? And I think mm-hmm. even like the the kind of the money way too with when you want to up your prices or you're not sure what to charge being like, well, how can I up my service? And what does that look like? You can up it in quantity. You can up it in quality. You can up it in the energy behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge one. Just one question I like to ask clients and this made a huge difference because I don't think a lot of people get asked this was how can I support you today? Mm-hmm. So that when I felt really built, built those deep relationships Um, taking time for me, that like timeless saying of you can't give from an empty cup, um, that made a massive impact in my business when I stopped and, and cared for myself and tried to grow into a new self, into like this new self image. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So like, who do you actually want to show up as? How do you want to feel? Um, how do you want your clients to feel and think about you? Because like, we're not taught to just sit down and put pen to paper and be like, mm -hmm. how do I want to show up? What do I want my clients to feel? And doing that was a massive eye opener. Mm -hmm. And But then I think you have to be really humble, humble there as well and honest with yourself of like, how do I actually show mm -hmm. up? How much of my crap do I dump on my clients? Because, you know, when you really get to know someone and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, no, this has been about me fully this whole two hours. Mm -hmm. um, that and then um, I think just clarity. Who do I want in my chair? Where do these people hang out? How can I support and serve them. Being mm -hmm. a fan, there's this great book called Know What You're For. It's by Jeff Henderson. And he talks about how mm -hmm. to become a fan of other people before you expect them to become a fan of you. And mm -hmm. it really shifted my perception of things. It was it's so cool. Yeah. And that makes a, it makes a big difference because even online, a lot of people say, don't know me, but even though I'm out there, but still people don't know me. But you get all these, like, you're this person, you're this person. So it's amazing when I read these things of people, it's how they see you. And you're like, wow, oh, people get it. They, they know me. Or, um, and that's a big thing in personal development because a lot of times we, uh, one thing I talk about is no dumping. So no dumping means when the client is in your chair, no dumping. Don't have them dump all the garbage on you, blah, blah, blah. That just drains you energetically. But also you as a professional, don't dump on your client. Because your client doesn't need to know about your personal life. They don't need to know that you were out last night, that you're hungover and you shouldn't be doing their hair. <laughs> like you want to give them everything in your arsenal tool belt toolbox that you can do to provide them with the best service. And what you should be talking about is them, their hair, you know, and that sort of thing. And then make notes. They got a brand new puppy. It's a German shepherd. Its name is, you know, whatever the name, you know. Tom, like that sort of thing. So yeah. then next time you come, you're like, how's your new puppy, Tom? Oh, you remembered. That's right? how you connect. That's yes. how you connect. hundred yeah. percent. Because really, if, if we think about it, we all go about our days. How many times a day, a week, if ever, does mm -hmm. somebody say, oh, hey, I remember last time you were talking about X, Y, Z. Or like, yeah. how are you? How's your mm -hmm. mother-in-law? You said she was sick. Brad, you nailed it. That was yeah. um, a tip that I, when I was trying to figure out how to build relationships, I mm -hmm. like interviewed some yes. of the senior stylists and one lady, her name was Vicky. She told me mm -hmm. that she's like, I make notes after every mm -hmm. client leaves. And all I do is bring that back up. And yep. it, it makes them show, like it shows people that, that you care about them. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to be loved or like I say, they want to yeah. know that they matter. And, yeah. and if you have if a big clientele, cause people are like, and you can't always remember everybody that you did. Right. Or they came to you once six months ago, or they came to you two years ago, but to them, they're seeing you again. Maybe they haven't did their hair yeah. two years. So you're like the, the only person that's done their hair. So they expect that when they come back, they're going to fall right back into that relationship um and the, like there's so much here we need to have a series and but <laughs> that's just in my head i'm sorry i'm talking out loud but but because we could just go on and on and on about you know this kind of area and what what there is but you talked a lot on like say personal development so how is personal de development uh played a role like in your journey and what advice would you give to professionals who may not be aware of the impact of their personal growth that can have on their business 
Oh man. Um, I sorry. I'm filtering through all the things in mm-hmm. my head. Um, that's why we need the series. It, <laughs> I think that the moment I realized, and I'd been told it so many times, but that moment it really sunk in that we are responsible for everything in our lives. I'm responsible for my life. You're responsible yeah. for yours, right? Like everyone's responsible mm-hmm. for their own. And if the results you're getting are not what you want, that change has to come from within. It has to be awareness. It has to, you have to change the things that you're thinking about and the feelings that you're having and your um, assumptions of what is actually going to happen impossible for you before you see any changes on the outside. And, and I think that that's why, like I read this stat the other day and I'm not positive how true mm-hmm. it is, but it was eight out of 10 new salons close within five years. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think you see it everywhere. People starting a business or getting out of school, starting their career, and they're just doing, right? Mm -hmm. And they're frantically doing and doing and doing. And then they burn out because it's mentally and physically exhausting Mm -hmm. and they're done. But if you can have like understand and, and grow that belief that, Yes, the doing and the skills and that is very important and you want to be mm-hmm. at the top of your game, but also your assumptions and your mindset and your beliefs and like even so simple, simple, not easy, of mm-hmm. how many negative thoughts and lack thoughts are you entertaining every day when you could switch those into like, no, everything is possible for me and I am going to get there and I already have all the things I want. Um, that brings that peace to it and then you're you're not wasting energy on anxiety and worry and um and I think that as well just makes things more sustainable but that taking responsibility so not blaming everybody else no more excuses just really buckle down and be where do I need to change inside and what actions do I need to change outside that changed my business that changed my marriage that mm-hmm. changed the relationship I have with my children and my family um yeah, just take full responsibility and know that the change starts inside. Exactly. And the thoughts are the big thing because for me, it's about holding every thought captive. So it's like, yeah. is this thought coming from me? Is this thought coming from my ego? Is this thought coming from the outside external, which is something that you've heard on the news, the TV, um, somebody said it or because if you internalize that because and and somebody's opinion is that it's only their opinion. If they're not paying your bills, it doesn't have any worth. You know what I mean? So if somebody says, Oh, you're this, you're that. And you know what I mean? It's, it's because words are words. And like we said before, when you build, Oh, if you have, I'll come to you, they say, build it and they will come. Well, how many people have said, if you open a shop, I'll come to you. They don't. So you can't depend on words. You depend on actions, even that, because even actions aren't real because a lot of people put out there. What I, what I always follow is patterns. People will always have repetitive patterns and that's what you want to look at because there's that saying, you know, I don't believe words. I believe actions. Don't believe actions because you can pretend to be nice and fake and this and that and and do all the things because there's angles. But as you say, if you look at patterns, you'll you'll really, you know, even in yourself too, look at your own patterns. Why when this situation comes up, I always perform in a certain way why can't you know and negative thought patterns are that's a big that's a big thing i also have like courses on self-love a self-love letter um like things like that i have that are free that help people 
Um, so I do have a lot of stuff out there to giving back to the, the community and that sort of thing, but I don't want to get too far off, but um, can you share a success story uh, or a turning point in your career uh, when you saw positive outcomes of implementing customer service and relationship building strategies? Yeah, I'm going to say, so I used to work at salons as an employee and some were not great and some were great for sure. And I remember when I would move to a different one, I apparently I'm not good with having a boss. So I was in quite a few salons mm -hmm. and um, this belief that the client's there for the salon, which was what I was told by the owners. Mm -hmm. And I was young. Like, if you think you're leaving, just know that you're going to have to start over. A client comes for the salon, not you. Mm -hmm. That yeah. saying, which I think a lot of people believe that when I'm like, don't believe mm -hmm. that. Okay. Um, so switching to new and losing chunks of clients, right. And then having to rebuild. And when I moved, when I went out on my own, mm -hmm. so I had I, what feels like 29 children really quickly. It was really only three, but mm -hmm. I decided to work from home. Yes. And I think that in that knowledge of that coming, I was like, I really need to foster these relationships with people. Mm -hmm. And I need to switch this belief because it was so stuck in there, Brad. Like I could tell you, no, that's not true. But mm -hmm. deep down, I had that doubt and that fear about yes. it, which goes back to you saying patterns, right? And how we're just like these habitual beings. Mm -hmm. And so many times we're not even aware of the things we actually believe. And so many of them limit us. So doing the work to change those beliefs, to build confidence, to build self-worth and self-love. So I love that you offer that value to people in those exercises. I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. I would love to share that with people if I can. Mm -hmm. um, but really doing that work on myself and then in, in turn building those relationships deeper. So going, how can I serve these people better? How can I make them feel better? How can I support them more? in knowledge that I'm going out on my own and they're all going to come with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I moved like half an hour out of the city into a basement bedroom that I turned into a salon, like out in the country. Mm -hmm. And 98% of my clients came. But what was more cool is that more cool. That's not proper English. Even cooler. <laughs> cooler. <laughs> you you can start your you can start your own language. It's okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, was that I attracted a ton more clients, mm -hmm. and they were like my ideal people. Um, I don't even know what your question was. I'm just kind no, of no, but but now you're free. But now you're also freer. And and one thing yes. that I think a lot of salon owners they're afraid that they're going to lose the clientele. They're going to afraid. And that's why they say you're nothing without me. You'll never make it. I made you. All yeah. this is not true. They may have assisted you, but they didn't make you. 100%. You still had to do the work, right? Yeah. And you know what? I agree. And I will give every single owner I worked for credit because mm -hmm. I learned so, so mm -hmm. much for them in terms of how I want to run a business and how I don't want to run a business and how I want to treat people and how I don't. And all of that is just such a beautiful part of the journey. But I think that was, if I look back in my career, that was my success was mm -hmm. like creating this vision of what I wanted my life and my business to look like mm -hmm. and doing the work to step into it and have it actually happen, which mm -hmm. was so well, and that's exactly it, because now that vibe you're putting out, like I said before, is attracting your tribe of the right people. But now you're in your bliss. Now you're in your authentic self. Now you're this is who I am because I'm not an employee of somebody else. 
I'm creating my own. So when I opened my shop, what I did is everything, as I say, like you, I worked a few different places, but I created an environment that based on everything I didn't like at all these other places. So, and then when I created my world, um, you know what I mean? It was a lot different. So when people stepped into that, it was, it was different than any other shop. And you really need, and we're going back to the same, we all do balayage, we all do haircuts, we all do color, what makes you different? But what makes you different is you because you're the face of your brand. People are coming to you because of you. They're not coming to you because you can cut air. So can I, so why don't they come to me? It's because yep. the experience is going to be different. Yes. How we listen, how we take care of them, the relationship we develop with that person and hopefully over long you know, long term, you know, yeah. because they say you want to go through the cycle of life with that person. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there, there's things that do happen. Yes. People get jobs. They have to relocate their spouse, you know, as they say moves or whatever, like sometimes those things happen, but basically once you have that relationship and that's my biggest advice, and this is like, will cost you $10,000 to learn that, you know, relationships are the key to life and the key to business because if you don't have relationships relationships are what are, what are going to sustain you people that you have relationships with are going to support you they're going to be an advocate for you they're going to refer for you they're going to appreciate you they're going to so a lot of people don't think that when you're building and it, because people only want to build relationships with people that they think can take them up another level that can do something for them that they can get something from get you said it exactly get yeah and that and that's mainly what it is it's what and the higher you go the more you're going to get that it's just because people see you and like people say oh this guy he has 62,000 people i need to be on his show but then it's me 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 no <laughs> nuggets of gold no like you know, whatever. And, and to me, it's about creating value for the people that have been listening, that have been with me in some day one, rather than here's Carly. She has a book, buy her book, see her. movie, <laughs> And then that's all it is. Yeah. No, because I, I, I also want my listeners to get to know my guests. And that's why I always speak to my guests before um, they're on the show. So yes, we are live. It's unscripted, but I also like to get to know that person to make sure that they're the right person with the right vibe to be part of this tribe, the empowerment, uh, you know, uh, podcast, you know, sort of thing. And to make sure that, that what I'm giving is always 110% above and beyond always under promise over deliver. Oh. Because, because if you're the person that says, look at all the awards I won and you have them all on your station and, and you pump your client up that you're the greatest stylist. And then now they have this vision in their mind that they're going to look exactly like the magazine picture. <laughs> Don't look. So the guy that I learned under, he wouldn't look at any pictures he created. So he said, I don't need to see that magazine because that person's not you. Because you may like you may bring a picture in. The color is pumpkin orange, literally pumpkin orange. But because the makeup matches, the lighting matches, the hair match, it doesn't look like that. And then once you do that color and, and two different lights, the yeah. color, that color, uh, you know, a, a, a brown could look black, a brown could look light, you know, as I say, a light brown, or it could look like a dark blonde. It depends on the lighting, you know, because hair under a ring light is different than outside lighting, than indoor lighting, than bathroom lighting, than in your car lighting. Yep. Like there's all 
I keep, yeah, we keep, we get talking and then we keep going and all that, (laughs) but I I like to be mindful of everybody's like time, time and and stuff, you know, as as well sort of thing. But, um, see, I'm totally cutting in because I think that what you just said needs to be like drilled into people's heads in school, Mm -hmm. whether you've been doing hair for a while. Um, I worked with a man who'd been in the industry probably 20, 30 years longer than me. And Mm -hmm. every time a client would show me a picture, he would come over and put the picture away. And he was like, all you have to do is ask questions. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's the picture, the vibe of it they like, Mm -hmm. it may not necessarily be the cut, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that, and I think too, that really brings ease to the stylist because how many Mm -hmm. people nowadays get shown a picture it's photoshopped and they don't have the confidence enough to go to educate Mm -hmm. um or say no or just ask questions and then they do it and it's we've all done it been like oh yeah i can get you that picture and then it's not Mm -hmm. that picture and you're like oh no Mm -hmm. Yeah. and and say like even with that picture too there may be something that client doesn't like in the picture They, they like maybe the overall, as I say, vision of it and in their head, your head filters too with what they see. But as a stylist, you need to know, and I don't know how many stylists know anymore, what the basic face shapes are. Is it a heart? Is it an oval? Is it round? Is it square? So you need to know that if somebody has a wide jaw, you need something to soften and flatter that down. If somebody puts a round cut and you've got a round head, you've got like a bowl on a bowl or you, now your head looks like a football. Right. Because the sides are out. And that, like I say, if you watch the um, which I don't, but family guy with Stewie, Stewie. you know, it's that that fate, that football head shape. You got to yeah. make sure that whatever shape and ultimately the way that I was taught is we're always looking for the oval. So the oval is perfectly balanced on both sides. I was also in the um, uh, judges program. So when they used to have the ABA and they had the judging program. So you learn a lot. And the funny thing was, I was in a class. And they brought up this model on the screen and they were looking at what to do. The model was my model. I'd done the makeup for. And the person who cut it was actually my boss, right, at the time. And they're like, look at this and how it's done. And even I'm like, yes. So, of course, they didn't know. They didn't know it was my work, but they were showing about, you know, the use of color, the things like that. Because I started as a makeup artist before I I went into hair, right? (sighs) You so. need a whole episode just on your journey through everything. <laughs> I feel like you probably have books about this, do you not? Um, I, I wrote three books. Yeah, I wrote three books. So I have one on self-care, which is is the one that I do. So it takes um, from A to Z. So every day it could take 26 weeks. So it basically has the letter, has a quote, and then has an exercise. Brilliant. So a lot of people think, so maybe if I do, let's do the letter F. I know what you're thinking. And it's exactly it. Forgiveness. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the F word is not what I was thinking. But it seems easy, but simple and simplistic are different. But then again, like with forgiving people and doing the exercise, some people oh, sometimes it takes some time and sometimes it takes some soul searching. And it takes, you know what I mean? Like so, and and a lot of times the person they don't forgive is themselves. Yeah. Right. They forgive everyone else, but not themselves. And I also have a free course too called the eight steps to forgiveness. So, which I did with, so I'm a certified happiness coach. (laughs) So, so with that, so then I created this course, the eight steps of forgiveness, right? Yeah. So that's all free. It's on, on my links page that people can go to and, and all the work is there for you. Um, As I say, because you always have to give back or what is your, I think you have to know who, 
like who you are, be your authentic self without the mask. I know we all have the mask. You need a mask to a certain percentage to protect yourself. But I think if your mask becomes your identity, then you're not your authentic self anymore. I think you're better to not worry what people think. Um, the other thing is once you have haters, you've made it. Because usually when you have haters, it means you stand up for something yep. or so haters, haters means um, having anger towards um, everyone. Oh, hold on. I got to think of it. So H having, having anger towards everyone reaching success. Yes. Love it. So love anybody it. who's doing better than you, but, but then that's the spirit of comparison. Because if you're comparison to someone else, then we're like totally off topic now, <laughs> but, but that sort of thing. But I just say, I want, because I didn't just write this stuff. I also went through all this stuff. So that's how, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I did it. Because if I did all the work, if I can help other people with their journey, you know what I mean? And then not, well, I did it and you figure it out on your own. No, I give you the tools. I give you the skills. That's what it's great to have a great shop or a great mentor, or a great boss, because they've already done the learning curve for you. So if you're a new stylist, get with somebody that does regular education. We had my shop we went to, we had regular education all the time. Once a week, we had a, a salon day and we did. And we brought in the best of the best people to train us. We're also a big competition and show salon. So we did every year, we did fashion shows. We did, but crazy fantasy shows. Cool. Right? Like stuff like that. So if you can get in with something like that or yeah. people that do that or some kind of group that does that or as i say like with with the event that i'm doing i'm doing one in march which is in the caribbean but it's all about it's all about as i say we have alex um yarber who done he's done celebrity he's done tons of runway he does new york fashion week miami fashion week but we're going to talk everything uh, shows, stage, editorial, vintage, pinup, like all that kind of stuff. It's going to be amazing. And then we're, um, as I say, and then the med, if you're, as you said, clients, even if they don't have hair, we're doing the Mediterranean, which is going to be trichology hair loss based. Cool. So we have Missy P uh, Peterson. Um, we have like a lineup. We have, um, I got to remember, I'm getting, uh, uh -huh. jump, jumping ahead a little bit. We have Monet Everett who does, and everybody's about her song for Christmas. She does, um, All I Want for Christmas is You. Okay. So do you know, so Mariah Carey, she does Mariah Carey's hair. I love so, it. Like, like, so the people that you're meeting are people that are, are high achievers that are actually in the business. They're not, you know, and also if you're about holistic, uh, January we have uh, the holistic leadership. Uh, cruise, which is happening in Australia, which is then changing leaders from the inside out. And right now it has a crazy deal um, for Canadians. I think it's like 468 per person for an inside cabin based on two people. So it's like three something if you're in the US. That's insane for five days. And that includes like everything. Yeah, you know? I was reading about that because I get your emails and every time I'm like, oh God, I got to book this. Yeah. Um, but so even like that kind of stuff, education, um, the events that you hold, mm -hmm. it is so inspiring to be around that energy and those people. And even say you don't want to go into runway, go to the mm -hmm. events anyways, exactly. because there's it just it brings that passion back. And then you get to see like we have mm -hmm. such a cool industry where there are so mm -hmm. many opportunities yeah. and all these different forks in the road. Yeah, mm -hmm. I hope that you have a wait list for these cruises because yeah. I can't imagine people will come back changed. 
They will. And it's all about transformation. It's all about because it's education, vacation, you know, networking. But to say where else in the world can you meet people from all around the world and be up close and personal with them? Like you said, even learning something. So maybe Alex Yarber, who is teaching, what do they do on the runway? They do the tight, sleek buns for models. What do you do in the salon? Tight, sleek buns for dancers. Yeah. Right. And chances are you're going to have a girl that is in dance that wants that. And now you'll know how to perfect it. Or he's also a makeup artist as well. And we have some other celebrity makeup artists. But that's the whole that's the whole thing. But we're kind of getting off topic. But (laughs) but when you're building. So when you're building a sustainable business, um, it requires long term vision and planning. What steps or strategies do you recommend for professionals to ensure their business thrive over time? Yeah, I love you have great questions. Um, I like to start at the end. So your end goal, and that may be your year end, mm-hmm. right? I feel like the goal is always going to be expanding. But take like the next year or the next two years. I'm like a five year because I like I can really dream big. Um, and then kind of work backwards. Like, what do you need to implement into your business? And what don't you need to do? I think that we get so caught up in having to do and do and do and do all these things, check all the boxes, like in life in general too. Mm -hmm. I like to have every six months, I come up with two different methods. So I'll sit down, pen and paper, I'm a pen and paper girl. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is my goal. Um, What do I need to do to get there? And I'll write down all the things. So it could be networking. It could be growing my, my skills behind the chair. It could be relationship building. It could be sales. It could be like whatever. I'm going to pick those two most important. And then what are some daily action steps I can take Mm -hmm. to do those? And I'll pick maybe two daily action steps. And then I leave everything else. Like that is next month's next six months. Mm -hmm. Right now, this is my focus because right. Like what you focus on expands. Uh, And I think that we make things so complicated in our own heads and really as a salon owner, as a stylist, independent working for somebody like, What are the most important things you need to do to create sustainability? Build relationships with people. And that could even look like attracting new people, getting referrals, um, client retention, but strengthening those relationships and then growing your skill set. So whether that's like a time in your life where you want to grow a skill set of like cutting or coloring or whatever, or whether you want to grow like some personal skills, whatever's kind of in need right now. And then just simply focus on those and keep mm-hmm. your eye on the bigger vision um, and, and just work on every day. Uh, and you probably do the same. Morning mm-hmm. routine for me is such a massive, mm-hmm. why would you not start your day off like living in that vision? Like it's already happened and feeling all of the feels and being so grateful for everything you have now. And then you get out of that and you take your little simple steps every day. Mm-hmm. And just today's the only thing we have. So if you can master today, mm-hmm. beautiful. Go to bed with your head on the pillow being like, freaking nailed it today. Yep. And then start tomorrow the same thing. Exactly. And I always believe writing the night before, right yes. before you go to bed, because there's that little time between yeah. when you lie your head on the pillow to when you actually fall asleep yeah. that your your mind takes that stuff in so yeah. then if you put that out there your mind thinks of it and your mind can do solutions there's also a saying when you said like doing too many things we all wear many hats but there's a saying called 
a jack of all trades is a master of none. So if you're trying to do too many things, you're not going to be 100% on the thing you really need to be for whatever that goal is for that day. Um, You know, like that sort of thing, really, because now, never before, because obviously, I think we, well, at least me, um, I was a hairstylist before social media. Same here. So, so, but now we have to be a great hairstylist. We have to be a salon owner. We have to be a social media guru. We have to be a, like, there's so many things now that we never had, we had to, you know, we have to do websites. We have to do this. You have to have an online presence. You have to get out and network. You have to be part of like business, you know, your town, local stuff. You have to like, there's so many things just to grow your business. Exhausting. You, You know what I mean? Also, people get to know you. And, and that's the thing, too. You have to be really aware. But like you said, you have to start your day knowing who you are. And then once you put that vibration out there, that's yeah. what's going to be drawn to you. Don't worry about drawing every single person because you don't need every single person. There's more than enough salons for every single person on earth. But but hairstylists, and, and remember this, that in any community, the, the salon is the hub of that community because what does everybody need? Their hair done. And even if they don't need their hair done, they need hair replacement. They need growth te- trichologists. They need, and if you want to up, up your skill, come to the Mediterranean June. So you can do that where you'll actually get certified in, in um, head lab where you can do that for your clients and you can get the, it's amazing. It's insane. And, and I'm sort of obviously certified in that um, education is my thing. And that's what really, you know, gets, gets me going, but behind. So um, beyond the chair, you mentioned that these skills have brought you abundance in all aspects of your life. So how do you see the interconnectedness between personal growth, business success, and overall life satisfaction? Well, I think, like, can you see me trying to sort? I love your question so much. I got to sort it all out of my head. If we're speaking about that relationship building and how it affects all areas, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, It's so, for example, I built a relationship with somebody who I knew was not going to be a client of mine. She was just like a friend of a friend. She lives out East Canada. And um, I just like, I loved what she did. She goes back to her mm-hmm. community. She's in the hair industry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, I wasn't coaching. It was just simply my community doing hair with those people. But I was told, you got to meet this woman. So we slowly built up that friendship. And it's intentional. Relationship building is intentional. And you mm-hmm. have to like consistently be doing it. Well, that was a couple, maybe three years ago. And I got to... Um, speak on stage at the woman's show a month ago when she had a booth there and she needed a guest speaker, which was huge for my business because I got to meet, uh, it was like a beauty stage. So you just, you never know what these relationships can can mm-hmm. turn into in the future. Um, but as well, kind of other way, maybe you connect with somebody and months, years down the road, they really need something and you get to be that person to offer it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that all of that in building relationships, it really sustainable, loyal relationships is coming from a place of service and not a place of getting, which you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I find even here at home, knowing, cause it's just basic skills, right? Like you said it too. People want to be liked. They want to know that they matter. Mm-hmm. They want to be heard and they yep. want to feel good. Period. Mm-hmm. 
So just show up like that. Like every single person that you meet, if you can leave them feeling those things, leave them with the impression of increase, I truly believe that that Mm -hmm. all comes back to in the end. And it makes you feel good. Like when I shift Mm -hmm. through my perception to start implementing those things in my home life, my husband and I have a different relationship. The kids and mm-hmm. I do like it just tri- these little skill sets. You're like, I'm going to implement this for business. And it trickles mm-hmm. into everywhere. Like stop making things about you and what you can get mm-hmm. and start seeing how you can serve because then you're yeah. going to get all the things you want. Exactly. And and a lot of these soft skills and to say people should, should dive in deeper more what they're about, but it's like, when you're going to people, and like I said before, people, when you're at a certain level, people want to go after you, hang on your coattails because they want to get something from you. But when you're going after these people with intent, intention, your intention to be what value can I bring to this person by connecting with them? So if I connect with Carly, what value can I bring to her that she would want to interact with me, potentially do some type of collaboration, you know, things like that. It's it's not always about that. Sometimes it's just, that's an example, but sometimes it's just to have a guest do a thing, boom, it's done. But sometimes it works into more or down the road, she's working on a reference and she says, hey, there's this great guy. He talks about forgiveness and your thing is about healing, right? Because I've done lots of things. I've done, I've been a guest on uh, private uh stages for it's basically two women that have been abused and now they're getting back into the workforce right so i go on and talk about like that kind of stuff of what they need to do and so but there's there's so much out there that i don't show because people are like why don't you show it because everybody has an opinion everybody oh look at him he's just showing off blah 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 so but that's why i don't tell a lot of people the stuff i do i just do it right i spent like a long time maybe two years getting all my stuff off the internet <laughs> because oh, yeah. I used to be like eight pages, first eight pages of Google, right. <laughs> With all the stuff I used to do. But as I say, it's not about look at me, look at me, look at me. And as I say, one thing I learned very young was when I had my business is the way you succeed is by helping others succeed. Yeah. So, and why, what, and that's why I say, that's why I do the, give the books, do the training, you know, and all, when I used to be on stage, all my staff came, we would make it a bonding thing. Right. So when I did the main stage in London, like all that stuff, it was great. So I bet, and you built those, that community and that relationship so much stronger, right? Yeah. One question I love asking people is how can I support you? So if you're out there and you're wanting to build different relationships with people, um, get into other networks and just like serving, like ask people how you can support them without, Mm -hmm. you just said it, without an intention of like, what am I going to get for this? Because people feel that too. People feel your intentions. Mm -hmm. And and two, if you're going to ask that question, make sure you really want to know. It's because we have have that question. It's like, how are you? You're just hoping they'll say fine because you don't really want to know. You're just being polite. Yeah, good point. Because then that's a lot of people. Oh, how are you fine? Because I've had people and I they respond to a totally different question. That's not what I answered because they didn't listen because then they're like, you know, oh, they're already on to their next their next thing sort of thing. But uh, before we wrap up, we're 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 as we're wrapping up, um, I want to know more about you. Like, what are the projects you're doing? What are you speaking on? You have your own podcast. You do so much. I want everybody to know what you do. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, 
Well, so I have a business. It's called Your Beauty Business Academy. And in there, there's a couple, there's like a, online courses, but they come alongside with live coaching. Because I think like, yeah, we can all read some things online, watch some videos, but mm -hmm. that support and that real life and that like change takes time. Mm -hmm. So I do an eight-week program with people. It's mindset coaching as well as business coaching. And uh, it's just all about stepping into entrepreneurship in a way that feels really good and that lasts. And then I also, one of my favorite, favorite things to do is to teach people how to build loyal client bases and loyal relationships with people. And I do that information and those workshops and those speakings for free. Um, mm -hmm. Because to be quite honest, I can give all, and you know, Brad, you can give all of the information mm -hmm people will meet you where they are and they may implement one thing that starts to work uh, and then they want more or some people might be ready to hear it all and they run with it. Mm -hmm. And that is awesome. Run with it, build it. Um, so that's my favorite thing to do. And my, oh, my tea. So I have a podcast TV show mm -hmm. and it's on the Femme Network. It is a brand new women empowerment network in Canada. So all us women run it. Mm -hmm. Uh, my, my show is called Hello Beautiful. So I just have guests on and we speak about beauty from the inside out. Um, it's so much fun. Like this, what we're doing right now is what mm -hmm. I get to do on my show podcast too. And it's my favorite thing ever because you can learn so much from people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as well, just how, like, where can we add value um, where can you shift people's perception? I spend so much of my day online, just like reading through things and trying to connect with people and being like, where can I shift that? What can I teach them that I learned that helped me? Um, because as you said it, we've been in this industry for decades mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, it sucks watching people struggle when you yep. know that it can be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I understand circumstance, but I also see circumstance. People have come from nothing. They can be millionaires, billionaires. Yeah. So I don't believe the BS. Oh, well, I don't have any money. I'm oh, I you. wish I could, but well, you can. Yeah. It's the choices you're making. It's the sacrifices you're willing to, to do. I never tell anybody, as I say, to go to my events, like sell your stuff. But if it's going to make like if I told you today, pay me $10,000, but I guarantee you a million or a billion, you would find that $10,000. You know what I mean? You yeah. you would because you know the outcome. But see, people will in, they'll buy, they'll like, I have no money and then buy $700 of these new boots, right? Exactly. That they wear once. But the thing is that's, but it's, it's the same. Like you really need to invest in yourself. And that's really what my events are is in investing in yourself. I can only give so much and people don't appreciate when you give for free because they won't implement the more you pay, the more, because that's what it costs you. Yeah. Right? There's, there's gotta be skin in the game. You have to mm -hmm. invest money to learn how to make more money. I'm with you as well. I'm like, well, you can stay stuck in your excuses and keep getting the same results. Yep. Or you can figure out where to get the money because you figure out where to get mm -hmm. the money to get your nails done, to yep. go on that vacation, to like, mm -hmm. I, we could go down this rabbit hole. Well, for a well and, it, and it's so easy. And we did, we did the numbers and most hairstylists creative people. So they don't care about the numbers. They don't care about the business stuff. But if you basically gave up your coffee, your Starbucks, whatever, and you kept your tips, you would have more than enough money to go to an edu educational event or invest in a mentor or, you know what I mean? So, um, and my, so my mentor is Tony Robbins mentor. 
that's who I, you know, go with. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? But, but as I say, you have to be an implementer and that's what I'm known as in the industry, in that industry is the implementer because I get stuff done and I do stuff and you think, wow, you've done all this stuff. You should have your own, you know, thing, but it's like, but if you don't try it, sometimes you have to be consistent with it. Like I have this podcast now with over 62,000 people. Did I think when I started, I would have that or anybody want to listen to my voice? Because most people wanted me to be quiet growing up. They didn't want to hear what I had to say. So now, because and that's why I'm saying, like in the beginning, this is to empower the voices of the industry because I didn't have that when I was younger. Now I'm giving that opportunity to others who don't have a platform who can now have a platform. So love, 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 love this. Mm -hmm. Do you think, I feel like I know your answer. So you were told (laughs) to keep quiet. You were told not to, Mm -hmm. right? To dim your light. Yep, exactly. How did you find through the coaching that that you hired, your mentors, investing in yourself, you're now at the point where you feel that you can speak and empower others and you've created all of these cool Mm -hmm. things. Like it just goes to show that, we all have things that that hold us back and that limit us. And sometimes we're not aware of them. So mm-hmm. that's why you need to invest in mentors, invest in education, like yep. jump off of that skinny, walk out on the skinny branch and like mm-hmm. leap off before you even know that you have wings mm-hmm. and beautiful things happen in the end. Like you're sitting here right now, you've got what, over 60,000? thousand 62,000 plus yeah and that's just on this platform that's not all the other platforms that's just this one do you think you could have created this let's say 30 years ago well Um, podcasts maybe weren't a thing then (laughs) they weren't a thing then (laughs) You, you know what I mean but I think I think it's well what I did then I did the the alternative which was journaling So I think with journaling, it's a great way to get your thoughts out there. And one thing I do with my courses, um, the first thing they do before they even get in the course itself, they have to sign a permission slip because people think they need permission in order to be themselves. So with a permission slip, it allows them to be real, raw, ready, 100% authentic. And it says, I'm okay to be me. And there's no judgment. There's no, because nobody sees their stuff. Maybe I do, but nobody sees your stuff, right? Like that sort of thing. And, and the courses are free not to get clients, not to, to have you as me, your mentor, not to have, it's, it's just fully to have you overcome, as I say, and I might've mentioned this in one of our other conversations, not here, but by the time I was in grade eight, I hated public speaking because when you've been silenced for so long that you you then too that just terrifies you for public speaking and in school i hated perming so what do i become in life i became a platform <laughs> artist for a perming company speaking in front of thousands of people amazing so so these obstacles that you think are obstacles really aren't your you know what i mean they're they're, they're so you become an overcomer or your me- so your mess is your message right? And that's your story. This is how I overcame this. And this is how I'm doing this. I never like myself on on film, on camera, on like that. Even this freaks me out. You know, used to now it's it's fine because I just talk like I'm talking. But before it's like, oh, a camera's there. And and you get stage fright and you get even though I've done stage work. But the thing is, it's different when you're on camera because then you're like, are people going to like what I have to say? Are people going to, and the funny thing is, and not nothing against the guests, but 
I get more engagement when I just speak myself. <laughs> but really this is, this is because I guess people want to hear what I want. And that's different for me because I'm used to everybody because I'm here to support other people. And I want to hear all about their stories and what they're doing and empower them. So that's for me. That's how I serve. Right. By giving the people the platform. And I'm generally interested in what people have to say. That's why I'm engaged. And that's why it's not dull and boring and stiff. And like, okay, now, Carla, question number five. When you were in 1976, well, you probably weren't around there. But <laughs> right, but we wouldn't have made it to an hour, 23 minutes if that yeah, was my, Yeah, well, most podcasts are about 90. But usually I, I had to lengthen them, but we're going to wrap up. Um, so, so basically, um, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to share with our audience? I don't think so. I think we've covered yeah. so much here and added so much value. Um, I appreciate you having me on as a guest. I Every time, I know we've spoken a few times and mm -hmm. every time I walk away with these awarenesses and these ahas and these things I want to implement. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's super beautiful how many people you truly do impact and you, you do that from your heart, right? So um, no, there's, there's nothing more I want to share. I'm just, I want to share how grateful I am to be here and thank you. Awesome. So, uh, speaking of being grateful, I always love paying it forward. So would there be anybody plural or singular, um, you would like to give a shout out to? Oh my goodness. Okay. I, my friend Kaylee Kennedy, who has, um, she was the one who actually introduced me. I've had a million coaches and mentors, but to my recent coach, uh, Dave Conway, who has like the two of them have changed my entire life and brought so much peace and a lot of their teachings. That's what I'm teaching uh, and implementing into my courses. Just life-changing. Um, that's so funny when you ask me that. Have you seen that Snoop Dogg video where he's like, I want to thank me for being me. And I want to thank okay. me for putting all the hard work. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I won't do that. But yeah, no, I really, I would love to thank Kelly. And I would actually love to thank my very first boss in this industry. Um, Jody, I was 19 and I was disrespectful mm. to her mm. and I thought she was an ass and mm -hmm. got out of there as quickly as I could. I'm sure I talked smack about her looking back now. She's a brilliant businesswoman mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of things that she did that I implement in into my business as well uh, so I probably should apologize and thank her at the same time but yeah mm -hmm. no thank you that that's a beautiful well have her listen to this podcast and say listen to the end <laughs> here it is it's, it's a public it's a public uh, yeah a public apology 62,000 people heard it yeah <laughs> but I think that's one thing when we're in business people that are actually looking out for us and have our best interests at heart. We think they're so mean. They're yeah. so, but they don't really understand. They're pushing you to be better. Yep. And to be better, there is pain. There is that neuroassociation. And we naturally, as people, don't like pain. We yeah. want to be away from pain as far as we can be. And, and anything that we have to do that makes us challenge our belief system that challenges us to have to do a little bit more than what we're comfortable with being out your being out of your comfort zone is what you should really be comfortable in because yes. the only the only thing that's constant is change right so things are going to change always 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 so um kind of as we wrap up i want to say thank you carly for being on today's hairstyles empowerment podcast so i know people are itching 
to find out where they can contact you. So if they're going online, where can they find you on social media? Yeah. So Instagram would probably be the best place. And uh, my handle is carly.ann.moore. There's no E on the end. Uh, and then you could check out my website at yourbeautybusinessacademy.com. But I definitely recommend Insta. We can like DM, get to know each other. Uh, and I, I love hearing about everybody's journeys. So, you know, even if you feel like you don't need any of the coaching mm -hmm. or mentorship I offer, I want to know what you're up to. So, so message me anyways. I want to hear all of your stories. Exactly. And it's about what we've been talking about is, is, is like creating a relationship with intent. Maybe you don't think you need something from that person, but maybe you can bring value or maybe just have that connection because you never know down the road what may kind of happen. So this is one final question and that's it. Um, so, and you've given so much already, but as we wrap up, what is a nugget of gold you would like to leave our audience? This might be very basic and simple. When you are behind, no, just in general, ask people questions. Mm -hmm. Ask people questions. Like, you know how so many times we're, we're there thinking of what we're going to say and how can I be interesting? Don't, don't worry about any of that. Be interested. Ask mm -hmm. people questions because they don't get asked questions a lot. Mm -hmm. um, make people feel like we've said it before, really important and like they matter and like you really care and do truly care. But mm -hmm. I have this like list. I give this to people for free. Yeah. 25 fun questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's just random things that the, the questions are written with the intention of uh, really opening somebody up and mm -hmm. going deep into them almost without them knowing it and getting to know people. And it's yeah. so funny. I'll ask clients and then I'll get text messages days later being like, Hey, I was out with my girlfriend and I asked her that question and this is her response. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden you have a relationship with that person as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If you can walk out your door and be like, how many questions can I ask people today? That's a really fun game to play. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I, I think, I mean, that's like probably one of the biggest nuggets and, and there's a difference in being simple and simplistic. But but basic conversation skills is is something I think we're lacking. Yep, I, I said it. <laughs> you know, I get messages all the time with no greeting, no respect, like just basically, you know, they put it out there. It's like you're talking to a person you don't know, and this is your first impression of you. And and same with um, like say if we go back to doing consultations, that's what it's all about. A yep. thorough consultation is all about asking questions. But in life, ask questions if you want to get to know someone. Yes. If you don't want to get to know them, don't ask questions and don't waste their time. Exactly. You know? And look them in the eye when they're responding to you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Make eye contact. No, don't yeah. linger too long because then it's creepy. But <laughs> you want to, <laughs> you, you, you want to, you want to, you want to kind of balance. <laughs> but uh, uh. So, so we are really going to wrap up. So okay. as we, um, so today's episode has been brought to you by Beauty Industry Cruises, powerful education in beautiful destinations. So January, we're going to be in Australia for the holistic so if you're about green, if you're about like all that kind of stuff, it's a holistic approach, which is totally different. It's a different mindset um, uh, for leaders uh, changing from the inside out. In March, we're going to be in the Caribbean, leaving from Miami. Um, and that's all going to be about anything to do with shows, hair, fashion week, uh, 
photo shoots, magazine covers. Like if you want to go that next level up and you want something different than just being behind the chair, then do that. And as Carly mentioned about clients not having hair, you can join us in the Mediterranean, leaving from uh, Pyrus, Athens, Greece. Um, we do eight days. We have, um, uh, we are going to Santorini. We have an overnight in uh, Mykonos. We're in Bodrum, Turkey. We're in Rhodes, Greece, and then back to Athens. So, um, and that's all about hair loss. So it's going to be everything to deal with hair loss, um, hair systems, extensions, um, all that kind of stuff, which is now, if you've been doing clients for a while or you're new in the industry, if you can get into the hair system game and the hair extensions and deal with hair loss for your current clients that you've been doing for a long time, this is really going to raise you to the next level. You can find out all the information at www.beautyindustrycruises.com. And if you want to follow me below, you can follow me at Brad Celebrity uh, Hairstylist. There's lots of quotes on there, uh, things like that. But if you want more hair stuff, you can follow also at uh, Beauty Industry Cruises, all one word on IG. And, and uh, check, it, check it out. We'd love to see you there. And if you have any uh, questions or you would like to be on the show or have an idea for an upcoming episode, you can uh, message me and I'll get back to you. So remember to get up, dress up, show up wonderfully and powerfully, and I'll see everyone next time. Mm -hmm.